Best of Times, live from 710 Keel Studios in Shreveport, Louisiana, celebrating age and maturity, helping you make the best years of your life the best they can be. The Best of Times, your host, Gary Kaligas. Good morning, Architects listeners. I'm Gary Kaligas, the publisher of The Best of Times, the only magazine for mature adults in northwest Louisiana. Thank you for tuning in to our show today, and also thank you those who might be listening via the Internet at www.710keel.com. Also thanking those who might be listening via the Radio Pup application or the, or the Keel application on their Apple and Android devices. In just a few minutes, we're going to learn about speech pathology and related services to assist you and your loved ones. So stay tuned to the show for some very beneficial information. Thank you for the many compliments about our magazine. We do appreciate hearing from you. Remember, if you're unable to find a copy at one of our distribution locations, you can always visit our popular website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com to view both current and past issues as well as our 2020 Silver Pages Senior Resource Directory as well as to listen to previously broadcast shows here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Joining me on my show as a special guest is Miss Dana Renee Jeter Williams, who is a speech and language pathologist with the Jeter Speech Language Pathology Services located here in the Shreveport and Bossier City area. And I've invited her to come on my show to help educate our listeners about the health care services that she and her associates can provide people in the Arctic. So, welcome, Miss Dana. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, um, well, I'll say first question. I know I have listeners in East Texas and I have East Arkansas and really throughout the world uh, because of the Internet and all this kind of business and apps and all this kind of high-tech gizmos that are going on that Ruben broadcast out there. But what is your – what is your do speech pathology – I never thought of that. Do they have catchment areas like home health and like other – do you have catchment areas? Like can you see patients in East Texas? Um, you, as a speech pathologist or any clinician, whether you're physical or occupational um, therapy, you must have a license in that state. Okay, true. So there are some of us that work for home health agencies or short-term nursing facilities, and we may be licensed in Louisiana, Texas, Arkansas, um, and, and generally um, you're, you're allowed to treat in the variety of states as long as you're licensed in them. So during this, I'm going to ask you a technical. During this COVID situation, where my son's a doctor, he gets to, he gets to practice anywhere in the United States. His license is now reciprocal. Are, are therapy services were they given that privilege as well? There, not to my knowledge. Everyone must check with their um, state association. Okay. I know that I've had quite a few um, patients that have been on the road this summer, oh, whether yeah. they're in Texas or California. And my um, license, and unless I'm licensed in that state, I am not allowed to provide telehealth services um, to that patient. Um, and I'm not aware that that has been updated, but, of course, things update every day. So recommend that people just check with their local um, state agency license affiliate to um, determine if that service okay. is um, available. So tell us how you got started in this field. I um, kind of um, did a career change. I was really um, involved in um, state government and politics really? um, out of college. And um, my um, daughter was born um, profoundly deaf. 
and um, just wanting to be able to help her and understand um, the deaf community a little bit more, understanding what services um, she would need as a recipient of a cochlear implant kind of um, forced me into this field, so to speak. So um, in turn, I was able to help her as a parent, as a mom, as a speech pathologist, um, but also as an advocate. You know, you you need to learn um, the system, whether it's the school system or the therapy system. You know, a lot of patients um, have a variety of insurances, and you as a parent may need to um, request services, and the insurance company may or not, may not um, provide or authorize that service. Or so, that, that many visits, correct? Correct. Sometimes they you, they need more than what they're going to authorize. And correct. It's a sad scenario sometimes. When I've, I've heard of parents having to deal with this. So, wow, it's a personal. So that's a major shift. It is. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Well, a lot of people, you found your light, you found your motivation being by the daughter or whatever, but you, you, so how many years have you been practicing now? I've been practicing a little over eight years. Okay, well, wow. And 15 as a, as a mom. 15 as a mom. That's, that's important. So, uh, you know, that, that is important. But so, so I see it's your goal of helping others, right? You're, you're there Definitely. At that time, we lived in um, rural Louisiana, which what, what there are very um, few areas that are not rural Louisiana, but I was working for state government down um, in, near a little town called Anacoca. And so exactly where no, um, no therapist involved in the early intervention program would drive to that area to provide services for my um, my child. So I, in turn, had to drive either to Alexandria once or twice a week or um, come up to Shreveport once or twice a week in order for her to have services. So that alone um, sort of triggered an idea, well, you know, I can do this. I, I just need to obtain the, the master's uh, degree and go through the program. I need to be able to provide these services, um, so not you, only to my child, but possibly to, to other families. So you went to LSU? Not I Yeah, Allied Health um, okay. System good, here good system. and um, obtained my master's degree and immediately started working in a rural um, country um, SNF program in Cachada and so drove um, drove there daily to to provide services there and uh, you know my my whole premises for obtaining this degree was to help people that could not help themselves and to travel to areas that um, that needed these services so uh, so they're all ages which I think there's a lot of misnomer thinking that therapists like you only treat seniors and boomers, but there's a full gamut. Kids, as you mentioned, your own child, right? Right. So it's a full gamut of of, of young 
middle, and, and aged, right? Of course. All, pediatrics and adults. And it's just not just the elderly that has, you know, people think about having strokes and having to get a, a speech pathologist to help their, their mother or their grandmother and, and going getting back to speech, et cetera, right? Right. And a lot of my geriatrics, um, you know, when I call their house to schedule, whether it's a home health or have them come into the clinic, uh, and I'll mention, you know, your physician referred you for speech therapy. And uh, my, you know, 70-year-old patient may say, but I can talk just fine. <laughs> of course you can. You're talking great, but you, you you may have just had a stroke or you may have difficulty swallowing your medication or swallowing your foods. So, um, you know, and this is something that happens after you have a stroke or after you have, um, you know, some type of uh, laryngeal cancer uh, or whatnot, you know, there's a multitude of things that could be going on. So um, as a speech language pathologist, we provide those rehabilitative services to improve your ability not only to speak, to process information, to swallow, um, to continue on with your daily activities, whether it be uh, managing your medications as far as frequency, um, you know, managing your your bills. You know, a lot of people need those services just for memory care. So so going back to a personal nature, I think I told you before we aired, but my father had uh, laryngeal cancer, and they removed his voice box many, this is many years ago, back in, wow, I can tell you it's 1980. And I will tell you that uh, uh, the doctor said, we're going to let you try it, but it's probably not going to work, which I hated when a physician with me there in present says it's not going to work to the patient. You know, back then it was, I hate to say it was a little bit more negative than it is today, but my father was optimistic. He said, oh, I'm willing, you know, and his, couldn't speak back then real well initially after the after the surgery, but he he says, try and he was very successful, and he was he he put that young lady I can't remember her name now on a pedestal, and she was like part of the family. Oh, he, that's amazing! He went to see her three days a week, and he became esophageal speeching, and also had the what's that device called? What's the what what the, he had a device that was uh, what. Permeate his sound. I can't remember what it's called. Maybe they don't use them now. I don't know. They do. They do. I particularly do not have any um, patients that I've treated um, with that um, device, but um, it just retrains them on. Um, it amplifies. It amplifies the sound too. That right. they can. That they can do esophageal. Right. So, but Dad initially used that, but then got rid of it because he could project enough that people could understand it. And that's wonderful. How many years ago was that? Twenty. More than twenty. Wow. More than twenty. About forty years ago. That's great. So, so again, the the positive. And the other thing, I, I've had a recent granddaughter who had some uh, speech, uh, learning speech issues, and wouldn't talk, wouldn't. Uh, but we went to a speech therapist, and she again did some wonders that. The parents and even the doctor thought was a miracle that they they thought this was going to be a child that underdeveloped and would not would not be speaking till many many years later and started just like just all of a sudden 
I mean, all the little exercises and training skills that the parents uh, continued, but the, every three days a week was just like, wow. It was like, oh, wow, what a what a tremendous success. And I, so I put kudos on you for two there. So the elder, the geriatric, as well as the pediatric. So so let's let's talk about some conditions out there that people might have or in the future have that, that you and your therapist could treat. Okay. Um it, it depends, of course, on the age range. Um, pediatrics, we are able to um, obviously kind of like your granddaughter that sounds like she was a late talker right. and, um, you know, catch those kids at, a, at an early age to catch them up to their developmental age, their chronological age, um, and talking, communicating, requesting. Um, some of my pediatric kids have neurological um you know, diseases such as um, CP, um, epilepsy, um, the children um, may be born with Down syndrome and have, be late talkers. There's a multitude of, you know, medical diagnosis that we know about today um, that can cause speech delays, can cause communication, cognitive delays, and the services that we provide not only us, but many other clinics in town um, can rehabilitate these um, individuals to just be better speakers, listeners, and, um, you know, not be behind in school. Because that, that's an important aspect when that child gets school age ready. Um, so it, it should be caught early. It should be caught early, and it, you know... Um, they're, they're, they've always kind of been a, a battle of, you know, do we wait? Do we um, initiate therapy early? It's never too early. You know, if you notice things as a parent or a grandparent, because there's a lot right. of grandparents That's raising grandchildren or, or helping. You know, it takes a um, um, an whole army to, to raise our children <laughs> these days with so many activities. So, you know, if you notice something, um, you know, pay a little bit more attention to what that child may or may not be doing and reach out. Reach out to the so, pediatrician. Express your concerns. So give our exa- give some examples to our listeners out there. What could be something that a, a grandchild could be doing maybe at one or two or two and a half or three that should put a red flag or or give the grandma or grandpa a little suggestion to the parents and hope the, the pediatrician. And would the pediatrician diagnose that? Would he be the diagnostic person? Well, he would refer. He would refer you, he or she would refer you to a speech clinic or a clinic within, you know, a lot of the clinics. Um, if they're affiliated with um, a particular hospital, they'll refer into their clinics Um and I will say that our whole entire Shreveport-Bossier area has a lot of great therapy services. We have, um, you know, a lot of good clinics, a lot of therapists that are, um, you know, well-trained in certain areas. And if not, they're, they're sending that patient to the clinic that can particularly address the concerns of the parent or the, the physician. So, Dana, if a, if a grandmother sees that, uh, their grandchild at two and a half not speaking fully, very few words, uh, uh, seemed like understanding but unable to convey. Is that an indication? Yes, definitely refer and and have an evaluation done in order to set goals. So what would be, so 
I would, I'm thinking about some of our grandparents out there would say, well, it's normally, it's, it's a two-year-old. He's not going to be giving complete sentences. Is that, is that, a, is that a good answer? Uh, at two, they should be putting words together to make requests. You know, they should not be, um, you know, c- continuously, um, crying or fussing or or mumbling or mumbling yeah um or you know a lot of our mumblers also drool really bad so there may be other things that are going on that need to be addressed um so it's 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 never too early so the the clinical evaluation is going to be thorough to look at all those aspects whether it's physiological uh other other hearing it'll address Everything um, good point. that hearing. needs to be addressed. Yeah, good point regarding hearing as well. So hold that thought. We'll continue. We'll be right back with more information. But now we're from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and A-Bears, Town & Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary Kalidas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by AERP Louisiana Neighbors, Town and Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today is a special guest, is Miss Dana Renee Jeter Williams, who is a speech and language pathologist with the Jeter Speech Language Pathology Services, located here in the Shreveport and Bossier City area. And we have invited her to come on the show to educate our listeners about the various healthcare services that she and other speech pathologists can provide. And thank you, Dana, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This has been very educational. So I told you I know a little bit about this field, being back. Uh, well, I'd say many years ago, 1990s, a uh, home health care administrator for 10 years. I, I did get involved with my speech pathologists. Weren't too many of them, but uh, I, got, I understood a lot of the services they provided and got to see some of the activities there. So let's, let's go on because I want to educate my listeners and myself uh, about what types of treatments you could offer to individuals out there. So we're, we're talking primarily about uh, grandkids and kids out there, what what other ailments could they have that speech pathology services could, could determine their needs? They could have um, articulation disorder. Oh, okay. okay. Processing, auditory processing. Um, quite a few of my kids have a hearing loss, as we mentioned earlier. And, and they hopefully are- the hearing's de- detected earlier, right? Are right. You- some, some kids are... Um, are diagnosed um, shortly after being born. Um, they may fail their newborn hearing screening, mm-hmm. and the parents are asked to follow up within so many weeks of them discharging home from the hospital. But hearing loss could occur later on in years. It could. It could be a progressive loss. It could be that everything was fine, and then you noticed at you know maybe age two or three that um, they're not responding to certain sounds or noises or environmental noises. So that may be a trigger for you to, um, you know, communicate that with your pediatrician so you're able to follow up with an audiologist. Um, It could be a teenager, you know. Uh, It could be an adult, you know. You, you, we all 
as we go through the aging process, um, things don't work the way that they used to. And so <laughs> a lot, a lot of us uh, <laughs> may notice that we've had exposure, whether to environmental noises, playing um, our guitars or drum sets a little too loud or you know um, having our earphones on with too loud okay right right so I think it's good um, for all of us at one point in time if you notice a change in your hearing um, to follow up with an audiologist and have that tested but those effects of a hearing loss can affect your speech as well as your processing. So if you may hear your wife or your your daughter tell you something, but you, you processed it a different way because you didn't hear it, and so you filled in the gaps, and, <laughs> you know, the meaning could be completely different than what the, um, the speaker was saying. So it's always good to follow up with um, your local practitioners. Um, so, so explain to our listeners what is involved in evaluation. It's an extensive evaluation by your, for, you yes, and your staff. Yes, for speech um, language uh, evaluation, we will look at, obviously, their expressive um, speech patterns, um, articulation errors, um, their receptive ability, meaning um, how they are understanding language. Um, I will do a hearing screening in the office, and that way I'll know um, whether or not I need to refer out to an audiologist. Okay. I'll also look at their oral um, motor structure and to see, you know, it, does the patient possibly... Um, have uh, a tongue tie, a lip tie, any of those things. Obviously, I'm not, um, you know, there to diagnose those things. If I see something, I'm referring that patient out to the practitioner that would examine and diagnose any of those things. And some of them are simple fixes and simple treatments, but if they're not noticed and recognized, nothing's done, right? Right. Um, Some of our younger kids are showing signs of maybe having, um, being on the autism spectrum. So, you know, we're we're looking at signs and symptoms um, to be able to refer them for a full diagnosis or full examination um, with one of the other clinics in town that does um, that particular type of testing. Um, you know, it, some, some kids are just late talkers, and then some need a little push to get them caught up and so get, them, get them ready for school. So I've got to ask. If I recall many years ago, gosh, it went 30 years ago. I'm really aging myself. I'm 70 now, just to be frank to everybody. So when I, when I was... Um, I was saying educated by my speech pathologist, there was a certain card that they had to read when they evaluated. Do they, they still do that? A certain phraseology that they would have to get somebody, their patient, to say back to, to see if there's any speech impediments or speech. There was like, I don't know if it was a brown cowl or something. It was very. It was like a tongue twisting. Maybe kind of, a screener. You're, it was you're, a screener. Yeah, you're you're thinking maybe of um, a screener um, that the old. Um, Maybe the older speech pathologists mm-hmm. did in school to screen right. all of the kids to see if they needed speech services. Well, it was even done for the elderly. It was, really? Yeah, it was done. It was done for the our, our geriatric patients. I know oh, it was. Nice to determine whether and and their and their um, 
uh, after a stroke scenario. Right, right. And There's so many, um, you know, screeners, assessments um, that, that you know, you try to utilize one that you think may fit that patient based off what data the parent mm-hmm. or the caregiver has provided you with. So, you know, there's a lot of times I think I know exactly what test I'm going to administer and may end up, you know, after 10 minutes of being in the room, pull something else. So once you get the treatment, once you determine the examination and once you determine you, you determine a, a, a care plan, a plan, plan of, of the, care, and that determines you're hopefully you're going to outcome within 60, one year, six months, you're going to you're going to help the child or the adult to speak better understand better etc right 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 so you might you might want to tell our listeners it's not instantaneous fix in this kind of scenario. oh of course not of you course don't not do one visit and then they're going to be speaking wonderfully no no it doesn't it doesn't just happen magically <laughs> overnight or or we wouldn't have jobs <laughs> You're not a you're a miracle worker to some extent. You're to gonna some make, extent, but it's, it takes time. It takes a exactly. few visits, and, exactly. and, it, and it can range, right? Depending on the patient, it, could it be, can. It can. I have some stroke patients that come in and may only need, you know, six weeks of treatment, and then I have some stroke patients that come in and they may require six months of treatment. Um, it's really up to what deficits are. Um, are there and um, you know is that patient able to self-advocate and um, complete home exercises and utilize the compensatory strategies generally if you're coming into the clinic you're motivated you know it, it sounds a lot like your father he was motivated he to was. get back to being able to communicate with his family and a lot of our patients are motivated. They're motivated to get back to a normal routine. So they are asking for homework. They are completing homework and, um, you know, successful, successful. Um, so in this COVID state, I hate to mention the pandemic, are we doing it by Zoom or we're actually doing it in person or both? For me, I am continuing to provide services in the home Um you know, for all of my home health patients. Um, Some of my um, clinic patients are still coming in. Some of them have requested Zoom. Um, With Medicare patients, um, you are allowed to provide some services. However, when it comes to treating um, swallowing deficits, you're not allowed to treat that via telehealth. So those patients are having to come into the clinic of which the the types of treatment that are involved need to be in person. Um, and tell them how important is swallowing. I mean, I, I, I had a physician many years ago from LSU Med talk about that. How how how, how so critical that is. It's very very important. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of patients that you know are um, my early onset dementia patients and things start to shut down a little bit, um, not only with, you know, um, obviously remembering and recalling things, but they, you know, they're not as active as they once were. So it's not just your upper extremity and your lower extremities that may become weak. It's also all of those muscle groups that we utilize for swallowing, we utilize for talking because they're not using them as much. 
um, and say you also may have a mild TIA or, or stroke, and then there's a little bit of paralysis there. So those uh, muscle groups and um, surrounding areas need to be exercised um, and is the that's easiest, the, that's, most common way that I can explain it. Well, so that's but explain when, the, the worst outcome because you, you see certain geriatric patients or dementia patients that start to lose weight because they can't swallow right, the food. They love all the food, but they have a difficulty and nobody figures out, you know, mom just doesn't want to eat. Right, there's a fear factor there. They start to shut down and they know that they're getting choked on stuff, so they in turn just stop eating. They stop drinking, end up with possible dehydration, which will in turn may cause um, urinary tract infections due to not drinking, um, you know, hydrating throughout the day. So it's it's sort of a trifecta of, of things that can occur. And especially if that, that person is still living fairly independently at home and family may just be dropping in to check on them periodically. Um, so, Dana, tell our listeners out there, how can they distinguish if they're watching their grandma, grandpa, uncle, or aunt having these issues? How can they identify that or report it to their physician or, or directly to you? How they may notice that during mealtime they're getting choked more often on their um, solids or they may say, um, you know, Miss Sally may report, you know, every time I drink that water, it just makes me choke. So, you know, those are those are signs and symptoms that, you know, we, we, we're not saying that they're aspirating. We're, we're obviously not saying that, oh, yeah, that person has a swallowing disorder. But there, there needs to be a clinician um, involved to evaluate and determine if there is anything going on. And then they can be referred for a swallow study which is um, a diagnostic exam to determine, you know, is the solids going down the correct way or the liquids going um, down the correct way. And um, then a, a treatment plan can be developed based off that swallow study. Well, I think it's very important. I think it's something that's misdiagnosed and not looked at by a lot of individuals out there. I, mean, I agree. Seen, I've seen some individuals that they should have done that but. When my mother was in a nursing home, uh, luckily some of the nursing home nurses and staff saw some problems initially. And uh, I was told they referred these individuals. And they, it was a matter of correcting some of the medication that was causing paralysis of their of their, their tongue and their swallowing techniques. I didn't know that. Right. But some medications cause that. Some of my Parkinson's patients are on different medications that may cause that as well. So you know, so it, you know, you need to. I just you're, the word you mentioned, advocate. You need to advocate yourself or for other ones if you see that there could be a minor situation that can be quickly and easily remedied and have a better livelihood and a better and a better a better life and scenario. So so go on to uh, we're dealing with stroke patients a lot. I'm sure, huh? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Just because. So what's your a... what's your heavy what's your most frequent uh, type of patient that you see? Most frequent type of patient would be, you know, honestly, I, since I treat all yep. age groups, I see a little bit of everything. everything. <laughs> I have. Uh, there's there's got to be more predominant one. Uh, right now in my home health setting, it, it's more of um, the, the the swallowing patients and oh, um, okay, post-CVA. 
Okay. A lot of patients, just because there's a pandemic going on right now, does not, you know, um, counsel out the fact that we're still having um, patients have strokes at home. Um, there's a, you know, this COVID-19 has created a lot of stress. And when individuals sit and watch the news all day and, <laughs> you know, may or may not be taking their medications correctly, um, things truth. happen. Things happen. Yeah, so. So, so what about cancer patients? Cancer, what, what I'm talking about, my father, laryngeal cancer, is that still prevalent? Of, yes, of speech, yes. Of, I esophageal. treat a lot of patients with um, um, esophageal cancer, um, cancer of the larynx. Um, you know, we're, we work really closely with those patients to be able to upgrade them back on a diet. You know, a lot of them go through chemo and radiation. Right. And, you know, we're just there after, during to help them through that process by working those muscle groups so they're able to safely um, be able to swallow um, solids and liquids again. So, so go again. I'm thinking about brain injury patients that have uh, some some brain issues that you can re-educate the brain and the, the systems to be able to speak here, right? That, that we, your therapy. We, we can try our best. You know, every situation is different. Every patient is different. Um, we do treat a lot of patients with um, TBIs. Um, had a couple that have been on the roof cleaning the roof off and. Um, fallen off of the roof and we've got a head injury you know so you're going back and reteaching them um how to talk how to um, identify family members again you know and again this every patient is different where it could be a mild deficit or it could be a severe deficit Hold that thought. We'll be right back with more information. But now we're with my sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AARP Louisiana and Abares Town and Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Key. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by AERP Louisiana Neighbors, Town and Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show's a special guest is Miss Dana Renee Jeter Williams with the speech and language, uh, who's a speech and language pathologist, and she is the owner, I take it, right? Yes. Owner. Wow, I'm impressed. I got the owner here of the Jeter Speech and Language Pathology Services. They're located in Shreveport. They're located at 1950 East 70th Street. We know everybody knows where that is. Sweet C in Shreveport. And by the way, their phone number is 318-219-6064. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. We're yeah. um, right across the street from the post office. I know exactly where that's yeah. at on King's Highway. Everybody knows where the post office and is. Listeners out there, I, I will give you a kudo here. Thank you for supporting the Best of Times magazine. They have an ad, so if you miss all this information given today, pick up your copy or go online to visit, view all of our issues, and you can find their uh, wonderfully done ad uh, about all their services and how to contact them. And uh, I've been very impressed. I've learned a lot, even though I know a little bit about this particular field. Uh, I'm, I'm learning a lot. So... We, we tell them where you're located. Um, so I'll have a lot of uh, senior citizens and even even younger people ask me, 
can I call your listeners, can I call your guest on your show directly? And a lot of times I, I tell them, uh, and they do it, and then sometimes they're they're punted, like they're saying we can't accept direct. You know, though Doctor So and So was on the case, we have to go. Th- you have to go through your gatekeeper because of their insurance. Is that right, Dana? A, a lot of cases, yes. It depends on their insurance. Um, every insurance is different. Generally, um, you are going to uh, want to inform your physician that you'd like a referral for XYZ and the physician will send a referral to the clinic and um, we will get you scheduled for an evaluation as soon as possible. Um, Again, it does depend on the insurance um, and every insurance is different. So you can call your office to get that determination. Yes, and our office manager or um, insurance um, personnel will be more than happy to assist you with that. All of our forms are located on our website, JeterSLPServices.com. Um, the patient intake forms, the insurance verification forms. So if you're able to access um, those things online, it um, will send it all back to us once you've completed it. And um, she'll be calling you to set up um, an appointment or to assist you with obtaining the referral if that is necessary. And some of the ca- some of the therapy services are done in your clinic. Yes. Uh, but some of them are done at home. They, they can be, yes. Um, my Medicare um, Part B patients, some of them have chosen um, due to the pandemic and um, not being able to travel because they're post-chemo or post-radiation treatments. I am offering um, Med Part B services in the home, and um, I do travel the surrounding areas, um, not only just Shreveport, Bossier. I have quite a few patients out in Benton, uh, Greenwood, um, you know, uh, wherever there is a need, I try to help those individuals. So these do not have to go through a home health agency? These, um, are, these are direct? These can be direct, but that's for speech services only. If you're with a home health agency and you require nursing care and other disciplines, then you cannot receive um, the individual one service. Um, one service. However, if you are with a home health agency and you need those services, that home health agency will be more than happy um, to provide that service. And um, if I am affiliated with that home health agency, you can request um, that I be your clinician. Okay, that's good. that's good. Good information to know. So, in, in the home health area setting, what? The similar types of cases are seen. Or these these are these these individuals may have multitude of particular problems because they're homebound and they're 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 in their home, right? Of but course, or they could be coming in post hip replacement and had a bad reaction to um, anesthesia, having multiple falls and. Um, um, decreased processing, decreased the safety. Awareness. tubes down that cause their swallowing and cause their speech it, problems. It could. It could be decreased safety awareness. You know, you can rehabilitate physically, but if the cognitive portion isn't there, that person may continue to um, keep falling or mixing medication up. Um, you know, there, there, there's a variety of things that could be going on. In the home health setting, we're seeing a lot of um, post-COVID patients, wow. you know, um, 
nothing um, obviously too soon, but those patients are coming back um, home and, and are really weak and need those services is as well. Is that because they were on ventilators for, for, for so Possibly. long? Possibly. Every case is different. <laughs> That's a good chance. Every case is different, so possibly, yes. Oh, I mean, it's, it's sad when they're on the... Uh, you know, I've never been on a ventilator, but I've seen people on ventilators and, and been there. It's you know, it's it's been a long time. It can that tube can be a little bit taxing on yes, you. Yes, definitely. It's life saving, but it's gonna it's gonna make a little difference in your life. There. It's best just to talk to your physician, let them know what's going on, and if there's a service that you may need, ask for that referral. But I but I want to tell our listeners, I will tell you that this is one of the underutilized therapy services. I think I've seen so much wonders in it, and uh, you've done a remarkable job. You and you and your other therapists in the area—it's it's remarkable. And more of it needs to be. People need to be aware of it and to access it. Right. Right. I agree. This is a wonderful profession. We get to help people and, her, um, and helping kids too at an early age. The, right. Their progression of, of 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 speaking and understanding. It's going to help them so much farther in life if it's caught earlier and corrected. Exactly, exactly. Um, it's just helping them get to where they need to be, to be school ready um, and, you know, socially ready. Okay, so I, I encourage my listeners out there to, what's the website? I don't even have it written down myself. Uh, www.jeterslpservices.com. Okay, or you can call their offices at 318-219-6064. 6064-219-6064, and they're located at 1950 East 70th Street, Suite C in Shreveport. So thank you, Dana, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Uh, you were quite fascinating, and uh, again, thank you. Best wishes for continued success. And uh, as you just mentioned to me, you might want to mention all this, because you're ready to add more th- more services, right? Yes, yes. We're hoping to add occupational and physical therapy services in the very near future. And to allow we're so a, excited a about one-stop that. shop. I like a one-stop that. A one-stop shop. Yes, it's, definitely. That is a super idea. Super Thank you for super. having me. We'll be right back with more information. But now we're from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AERP Louisiana and A-Bears, Tenant Country Rest Report, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Welcome back to our show, The Best of Times Radio Hour, here on News Radio 710 Keel. Thank you for listening to our show today. I hope you will join us next Saturday morning at 9.05 for another interesting show that could benefit you or your loved ones. We ask that you please support our advertisers who make our monthly magazine the best of times possible, as well as the advertisers of this radio show. Don't forget to pick up your personal copy of the Best of Times at one of our 270 distribution locations throughout the Shreveport and Bossier City area. May God bless you and your family. God bless America. Have a great day and a great weekend. Thank you again for listening to our show. I'm Gary Kaligas, wishing you and yours the best of times both today and every day. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 9 a.m. for more Best of Times. This is 1017 FM and 710 Keel.